Hi there, this is Jacob Msipa, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. Amen. It's our theme for the term grace and truth. We said when Jesus came, the Bible says he was full of grace and truth. And we've been exploring this subject of grace. And for this month, we've been looking at the grace of giving. The grace of giving. Paul the Apostle uh, says, even as we excel in every other thing, uh, in speech, knowledge, faith, we must also uh, make it a point that we also excel in the grace of giving. In the grace of giving. So, Grace also expresses itself through generosity or what the Bible calls giving. The past two weeks, we defined what giving is biblically. Biblically, uh, I know we've had many things about giving before. Many of us, as we are sitting under the sound of my voice, we've tried it and we've, we have different experiences about it. But I'm just challenging us to just be open Uh, Let us open our hearts, our minds, because I do believe that there is something that God is going to say which will really give you perspective and give you more insight into what giving is all about so that as we continue to apply it, then it will also work for us. Today, our focus is going to be on this powerful principle of sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping, because there is Power in this principle, sowing and reaping. Let's go to the book of Second Corinthians, chapter number nine. Second Corinthians, chapter number nine. I'm going to read from verse number five. The Bible says, "Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand. If you are a giver." And especially when you are going to the house of God, etc., it must be our practice to always prepare our generous gift. It must not be a by-the-way thing that we do. It must be part of us and just get into the mindset of as I am going. If you know you are going to a funeral and they normally take an offering, prepare it. Always be ready to give. Amen? Oh, Lord. Amen. Then it says, and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised. And it must stand as a song. So it's not like you are super. Then it says that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. There are three levels of giving. One, donation. That's the lowest one. Donation. This is when I give condescendingly. I think I am helping God. Second level, level, it is by obligation. I do it because they say so. Right? Level three, it's by revelation. I have understanding. I know why am I doing it. So even as Christians, if you hear us talking about giving, tithing, go and study it and have revelation. In all thy getting, get understanding. So that you will know why are you doing this, what are you doing, why are you doing it, and what can you expect from it. Amen. Verse number six, it says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Verse seven, so let each one give. Let each one give. Giving is for everyone. Rich or poor, white or black, short, tall, slender, and the other one uh, is for every one of us, right? Giving is for everyone. We are not excused from giving. Amen. 
So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Be excited about giving. Be happy to help someone else. Do it with a smile. Don't be grumpy when you're helping someone. It's not nice receiving help from someone, but you can tell that they are not happy about help, helping you. It's like they're helping you, but they're not happy about it. You feel like bringing, taking it back, saying, I'd rather not have than to receive it from a heart that you can feel or sense that I, you see? So even God himself, the Bible says he loves a cheerful giver. Cheerful giver, be happy about it. Smile. Be okay. Amen? Be happy while you are giving 50 rands. So that by the time you give 50,000 rands, you will be as happy. Amen? So can you imagine you are still complaining with 50 rands? The day you have to give thousands of rands, man, you will be swearing. Amen? <laughs> Father, we thank you for the word. This morning, in Jesus' name, amen. Giving, Bazalwane, is compared to sowing in the Bible. The, the Bible here, where we have read, it suggests that when you are giving, you are sowing. In other words, you are planting a seed. In the same breath that Paul is talking about, a generous gift, giving, then he talks about sowing and reaping. He says if you sow sparingly, you are going to reap sparingly. But if you sow bountifully, you are also going to reap uh, bountifully. So uh, an act of generosity, it is an act of sowing a seed. You are planting a seed. And in the same way that giving is compared to sowing a seed, uh, so is also receiving compared to receiving a harvest or reaping a harvest. Are we here, Bazalwan? That's why this principle requires faith because it does not make sense. I mean, all that you did was to give somebody something or you put money in the church's basket or in the church's account and yet it says we are sowing seeds, so we have got to have that in mind. Why? Because then it creates a certain expectation that I am not just throwing money away, I am not just donating, but I am sowing a seed. In other words, I need to now be expectant that there's going to be a harvest that is going to come. And you, there are many things that you can give or that you can sow. It must not only be limited to money, but any act of kindness, it is as sowing a seed that will bring a harvest. But not only acts of kindness, also acts uh, that are not so kind are also... Uh, uh, it is also sowing a seed. So if you are disrespectful towards people, you are sowing a seed. If you are hating people, you are sowing a seed. Any act, whether good or bad, it is sowing a seed. And guess what? It is going to bring a harvest your way. Some of us sometimes, we look surprised when it is reaping time. We look surprised. Anything you say, anything you do, it is like sowing a seed and it is definitely going to bring a harvest. Genesis 8 verse 22 says what? While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and the day and night shall not cease. In other words, this is a principle 
that has been set by God, let me even dare say it is a kingdom principle or practice that cannot be avoided. It cannot be changed. It cannot be bypassed. It cannot be adjusted to suit our situations and circumstances. It cannot be suspended just simply because we feel otherwise at that particular point in time. The Bible says as long as the earth remains, remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. It's something that will be forever in, in operation. It's either we participate in it or we don't. But we cannot change it. We cannot stop it. We cannot suspend it. Are we here? We just need to understand how it works and participate in it wisely so that we can benefit from it. Because whether or not we agree with it, it is going to be in motion each and every day. That's why I am saying whatever that you do, it is like a seed that is falling on the ground. Amen? You will be saying to yourself, Mina, I'm this kind of a person people must just accept. But don't forget, you are sowing a seed. And when it's harvest time, don't act surprised. You are disrespectful towards your parents. Guess what? One day you will reap a harvest. Because one day you are going to be a parent yourself. So it will depend on what kind of seeds did you sow. You gossip, it's a seed. Don't act surprised when people are gossiping about you. It's a harvest. You are kind towards other people. It's a seed. One day people will be kind towards you. Why? You've been sowing seeds of kindness. So we have got to be very aware of this principle and be wise and make sure that we take advantage of it because we know that it is in motion. Every day when you wake up, seed time and harvest, that principle, it is in motion. We just have got to decide to participate in it wisely. So I want to give you seven principles of sowing and reaping that we can apply in order for us to benefit from this principle. Are you ready for them? Number one, numero uno. Develop a willing heart. Because your heart of generosity will always attract a seed to sow. In other words, if my heart is willing, I don't have to worry about a seed. God will bring it my way. I have to prepare my heart, embrace this principle, believe in it, and be willing to practice it. I must not say, if I have the seed first, then I will decide to be generous. Decide to be generous before you even have the seed so that the seed will come. Are we here? So the biggest question that we need to ask ourselves is, are we willing? Are we willing? Exodus 25 verse 2, speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering from everyone, listen, who gives it willingly with his heart. The heart must be first willing. My heart must first let it go so that my hand will follow suit. Are we here, Barcelona? So my, my hand must follow my heart. But the powerful thing here is that if my heart is willing, God has already committed himself in his word that he is going to provide the seed. Second yes. Corinthians 9 verse 10. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower. He supplies seed to who? To the sower. He does not supply seed to the one who is still thinking about being a sower. He supplies seed to the sower. So in other words, my role is to become a sower. My role is to become generous in my heart. 
It is to work on myself that I will become that kind of a person who is generous. And when I am a sower, God will provide the seed. Are we here? So maybe some of us, we lack what to give because we don't want to be sowers. We don't want God to really work in our hearts. Many of us, remember, the Bible says God knows what is going on in our hearts. Because many of us, our thoughts are so loud before God, making indirect statements to say, Here's what I'm going to do. And God does not see the, the place of generosity there. And perhaps that's why he's not bringing seed. All that we need to understand is to just master our hearts and desire to be givers instead of receivers. Desire to say, you know what, if I can have resources, I will, I will be generous. I will, I, will, I will be ready to be used by God to be a blessing to someone else. The Bible says God gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And in most cases, we confuse those two things. We confuse those two things. We are too quick to eat and we even eat the seed. Even when God gives us a harvest, we eat everything. Any wise farmer. I'm sure that's why God was comparing giving to sowing so that we can draw certain principles even from farming itself. Because any wise farmer, they, they don't receive a harvest first. They sow seed. They go and get seed. And then they plant. And then guess what? They reap a harvest. But after they reap a harvest, they don't eat everything. Because the seed comes from the very harvest. The seed comes from the very harvest. So Tina, first job we get. First job and it is simply the beginning of prosperity. Here's what someone said and it really liberated me. That when God gives you a job, he is not necessarily giving you a harvest, but he's giving you a seed. So in other words, he is empowering you to be able to give. But in most cases, first job we get. Edgar's, here I come. Account. Pairs furniture, here I come. And before we know it, we have put pressure on the seat. Before we know it, we'll end up borrowing from the seat to sustain our debts. And if a season passes and I have not sown any seed, I must not be upset during harvest time. That's why God, you know, he is so fair. God knows that he gives it to the... That's why he says, do not come before me empty-handed. You know, I love God. God, man, God will never be intimidated by our sulking. You know, when Cain was sulking because of how God honored his brother's offering, I was sitting there grumpy and whatever. And God came and asked him to say, why are you upset? If you do well, will you not be accepted? In other words, you had an opportunity to do well. You wasted yours. Your brother used this opportunity well. And that's why I favored his offering. So in other words, and many of us, sometimes we, we get opportunities and then we want to blame God. You know, the blame game that we sometimes play on one another. God is not moved by it. God will never be moved by a narrative that you chose to develop and follow so that other people can believe in your justifying yourself about how or why you don't follow Listen, God knows the truth. You see, for an example, somebody might say, ah, I was offended at church. I left Christianity. And then you develop a narrative. 
You come up with a story, you are giving all the reasons why you will never go to church and lend your kids Guess what? God knows the truth. He knows why are you truly no longer going to church. He, all of these stories that you are trying to, I mean, remember even uh, uh, Adam and Eve themselves, after they committed sin, they covered themselves with fig. But God knew what was truly going on. Who told you you are naked? God goes beyond the fig. You are trying to cover yourself, but who told you you are naked? So, ah, yeah, I don't do any, this, ah, whom fundisi, ah, hebede, ah, konamanje, konamanje, fine. After all of those stories, let me tell you, with all your justifications, there's only one thing that is going to get us to heaven. It is the blood of Jesus, not your explanations. Because we do, you know, in life, I can make you believe that you are, you are guilty or you are responsible for my behavior. But the way that I am like this is because umfundis this. You will you will go to hell. While I've offended you, and you have every right to say I've offended you, that's why you are living in sin. <laughs> Your justification will not stand before God. God will not say, "What did they do to you?" He will say, "What did you do with what I told you?" Because God knows the truth. We, we as human beings, we know how to develop a story, a narrative that we can sell, that will justify our position. Only to find that it has got, we know deep down in our hearts, it has got nothing to do. Nothing to do with the explanation that we are giving. Nothing to do with it. And yet we are choosing to sell this and we end up not being honest with how things are. And even in giving, we justify ourselves and we try to explain why we can't. God knows the true reason why you can't give. He knows your debts. He knows the financial commitments that you have made uh, without considering him first. He knows all of that. So we, we, we give explanations why we can't give and we think our explanation will stand. And God must now adjust to accommodate us we are deceiving ourselves. A seed is a seed. A seed is a seed. It does not matter how many needs you have. A seed is a seed. It remains a seed. It remains a seed. Uh, let's ask ourselves this one thing sometimes. And, and I know even if you will see now, uh, we'll explain that tithing is not necessarily a seed uh, in a true sense of the word. But let us also just even ask this General question. How do we get ourselves as Christians to a point of not tithing even when tithing is simply 10%? How did we move from 90 to, 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 to tap into the remaining 10? It's our decisions of not being aware and conscious of what God has said. Simple. Because at the end of the day, when it all began, you had hundreds. Yes. When it all began, you had hundreds. Now we act surprised <laughs> that we made choices with the 90. And now we want to explain why do we even have to use the 10. It's like God will understand. We are setting ourselves up we are setting ourselves back. We need to, Bazalan, where the, in English they all, always say, where there's a will, there's a way. If, that's why I said, if your heart is willing, you will make a way to accommodate this principle. To know that this is now the understanding I have. As a Christian, God is expecting 10% from me and is expecting other forms of offering. And this is something that I'm going to not just accommodate, but prioritize in my life. Because if you can prioritize him, but as bunayo, as bolayo, as kukayo food. Some of us who follow these principles, we even realize how 
You don't look good on things that you... Okay. If you carry it, you carry it. But if you don't carry it, forget about it. Yeah, yeah. But, 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 but sometimes God has a way of covering you. And when you, are fa- you, you look new every day. Even when you've, re- you've been repeating these things. That's why the Bible says, Even when you are Israeli, you know, because listen, if you refuse to spend this 10% for God and his kingdom, you are going to spend it somewhere anyway. It's not like corner you are going to spend it somewhere anyway. And before you pay in Yanga, we are supposed to be Nothing. It's a hello, it's a bye bye. You can't get a check. So we need to develop a willing heart. We must be willing so that, listen, when our heart is willing, God says, He supplies seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So, in other words, God says, I'm still committed to give you seed to sow, and also I'm still committed to give you provision. It's just that, Tina, we are unbelieving believers. We don't believe God when he tells us these things. We question him, we doubt him, we argue with him, we debate, we, we twist the scriptures, we, we, we turn them upside down. Like we, we, we have a way of taking a simple biblical principle and we want to overwhelm the word with all of our it's not even wisdom. All of our so-called intelligence. Hey, manje, Melchizedek, hey, All of a sudden, you are a theologian. Oh. Just because you are supposed to, it's like Judas. He was not thinking about the poor all along. But this woman with the other pastor box sees Jesus Breaks this perf- costly perfume. It says it was worth the holiest salary. Pours it on the feet of Jesus. All of a sudden, Judas cares about the poor. All of a sudden. Judas, you had an opportunity. Take note. He's the treasurer. Judas was Jesus' treasurer. He had an opportunity to think about the poor all along. But just at that moment, when it's supposed to go to God, we we were supposed to give it to the poor. That's why Jesus said, the poor you have always. Why do you think about them now? All along, we did not have these explanations. Now we are thinking of reasons why we cannot give. Wow. You should have listened to your desperate prayer asking for a job from God. You should have listened to your desperate prayer asking God for a financial breakthrough. Laying yourself down, crying and weeping, God, if you don't show up, I don't know what am I going to. And then God shows up. Sometimes God shows up for the sake of revealing us to us. Because he is looking at us, he says, as you are asking like this, you don't know the condition of your heart. Let me just reveal it to you. As you think that I'm nje, snacks, let me just show you how you are. That's why many of us, we miss it at the beginning of prosperity. Just the beginning of prosperity, God gives you a taste. He says, let me give you a salary that will make you afford a car, house, and whatever. And just look at yourself. And many of us, we don't even see. Now it's nice. It's like you don't know what you, are, what you are missing. Because the rest was supposed to follow. And Tina, we are like, hey! Call her 20 Tao. And we think it's a lot. After three months, you realize. After the car debit order goes off, insurance goes off, Tracker goes off. DSTV goes off. What else? 
Fiber goes off. What else? Medical aid goes off. What else? Huh? In, 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 insurance. I, I'm saying about insurance. What else? Huh? Closer? Ah, I pay you twenty. Accent alert. Let me put it this way. Your life is too big to be limited to a salary. Your life, if, if we were to calculate all of the things that God wants to do for you, your salary will not be able to take care of all of those things, even if you wanted to. And now we are as a salary in How many of you are working and you are earning a salary? Just relax. Just live. How many of you are working and you are earning a salary? So when first month when you got the job, you were like, my breakthrough season is here. You were like, all of my problems are gone. Now I have a job. Oh, Musu, you ask now, six months down the line, you are no longer as happy about that breakthrough. In fact, it, it is now stressing you. Because my gain, it's like, it's hello, it's a bye-bye. You are incoming, the outgoing. Oh, yay! You did not even enjoy it for a moment. It's a gain, I be poor. And then all of a sudden you realize what was I happy about? Why? Why am I stressing like that? It's when it's because when I got the job, I shifted my eyes from God. And I made this job my source. And then I thought, oh, Christmas has come. How come out the rookies? And and before I know it, that salary is not so enough anymore. It's like when it's finished, there's more month left. Kubangono my pelang fifteen. You ask the pelang five. Ubono good usesa na twenty five days. We we are born uguti. We are born uguti. See 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 limited ganga ganan. Lesos kati. I don't even see God providing for me in that twenty five days. I'm just looking at another installment of the salary. That's how much we limit God. It's like there's no room. It's like that's why God sometimes is, he, he, he says, you cannot serve me and mammon at the same time. It's impossible to fix your eyes on God and money at the same time. You need to choose one between the two. Hey, Barcelona, you can tell a man. That's why in the beginning of your prosperity, chill. Relax. You get your first job, relax. Even your second, relax. Calm down. Don't be wild. All of a sudden, now, Sabambeg, you think. All of a sudden, this church has been in existence, being sustained before you got a job. For 19 years, we've been in existence operating. Just because you got a job, all of a sudden, you think your 20 Tao will perform a miracle in this church. You better think again. Jesus has already said, I will build my church. So chill. Don't run away yet. Whether you tithe or not will bury you. Yeah, whether you tithe or not, when you get married, I'll be there with my suit and everything. I'll officiate your wedding. Don't panic. Don't panic. Just chill. Relax. Sit down. Focus on Jesus. Let's hope he will work on your heart or something. But don't lose self. Because many of us, we think, ah, all of a sudden, oh, they want my money. Nobody wants your money. Listen, we decided to start this church without you in mind. Let me rather be specific. Without your salary in mind. We're only worried about your soul. So chill, relax. If you don't want to give it, keep it. You say, no, Mina, I, I'm not into this giving. I don't believe in this. 
Fine, keep it. Just keep it. Just come to Jesus. Focus on him. Let's get you to heaven. Keep it. That's fine. That's okay. You don't want to give it. Someone will give it. If you don't want to participate in this established kingdom principle, that's your call to make. It's not for us to... uh, to, And do you know, here at church, we have a list. We, We always say, when you give your tithe, write your name. So what does this say? We know everyone who tithes, right? What, ask yourself this one. How come we are still treating you the same way even if we know that you don't tithe? If you want to make an appointment, check on my record. God, I forever remain your pastor, whether you are a tither or not. I forever remain your, 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 your pastor. Some of us, we come and ask for help from church. And from tithes and offerings. And even if you were not contributing and you were asking for help, and we are well within our, the means, we have the means to help you, we'll help you anyway. Because, Tina, you are not willing to participate in this principle. Will not make us stop. Wow. Tina, we know what it does for us. So we'll help you because we are sowing. We are sowing into your lives. It doesn't matter what you do. We are sowing. We will even use you for that matter. To take advantage of this principle. So don't think, if you don't want to give, it's okay. It's fine. It's no, no train smash. In your wedding, I'll be the one who shall step. Why am I doing that? I'm sowing a seed. I'm sowing a seed. My harvest is from God. So when you get a financial breakthrough, come down. Nobody's after your money. Do what you need to do based on the revelation you have. Nobody's after your money. God has promoted you. Praise God. We are happy for you. We'll continue praying for you. But I'm not about to give you a call and say, what about the tithe? That's your call. If you don't see any benefit from it, it's okay. Some of us, we do. Yeah. I, I was sharing this. I think it was in Hillcrest. I was saying, guys, one of the reasons why personally, personally, I will fight tooth and nail to apply the principle of tithes and offerings in my life is because this is my only, and I know that if I temper with this, I'm not sure what's going to happen with me. So this is the only thing that when I apply it, it works for me. And I will not think, so if when I call and do it, go for you. For you, are we here? Have a what? A willing heart. Number two, always look for an opportunity to sow seeds. Always look for an opportunity to sow seed, and do not let circumstances determine or limit your giving or your sowing. Ecclesiastes eleven verse four: He who observes the wind will not sow. I isn't as tight this month. Therefore, I'm not sowing a seed. Then it says, he who regards the clouds will not reap. So in other words, if I did not sow because of circumstances, guess what? I'm not going to reap because of circumstances. (laughs) Verse number six, in the morning, sow your seed. And in the evening, do not withhold your hand. For you do not know which will prosper, either this or that, or whether both alike will be good. Leave a trail of seeds everywhere you go. Be intentional about giving there, giving there, sowing there, helping this one, being kind to that one. You know, do this, do this, this. Why? So that as you live your life, at some point when harvest time kicks in, it will be permanent. 
Because you did not just sow in one place or in one season, but you were just simply scattering everywhere you are going. And when harvest time comes, it comes from all over. Listen to what Galatians 6 verse 10 says. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. As and when opportunity avails itself, take advantage of it. Sow a good seed. Help somebody. Be there for some. Give somebody a lift. Help somebody who is struggling with something. Help this one financially. It's a seed that you are sowing. It's a seed that even if people are taking advantage of you, continue sowing seed because your harvest is not determined by what they do with your seed. Your harvest is determined by the condition of your heart towards God as you are sowing that seed. So if somebody is manipulating you, good for them. My expectation is from the Lord. When I've helped you, I'm not expecting you to help me back. No, 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 no. God will reward me through somebody else in his own way, in his own time. For whatever that I've done in your life. Always look for an opportunity to sow seed. Look around. There are good grounds everywhere. If you realize this is the good ground for me to sow my seed, sow it. If you look at somebody, you realize there's something they carry that you want to tap into. Sowing into their lives is the only access. You, you know what? This principle helps us not to ask for permission for accessing something that somebody carries. If you get it, you will get it. If you don't, forget about it. I don't have to ask for permission. If I realize Pastor Tulani here carries something that I desire, I don't have to ask for his permission to tap into it. This principle of sowing gives me access. Whether he likes it or not. He might not need my seed, but I need his grace. So what I'm going to do now is to be intentional and come into his life and see how can I participate in his life. Whether through sowing a financial seed, whether through helping him carry a plastic, whatever. I, I, I remember I used to tell you stories of how even when I'm traveling and, and I'm with other servants of God and whatever the case may be, I will carry their bags. Why? They are more greater than me. The Bible says the greater, the, the lesser is blessed by the greater. So if I recognize greatness, I walk in honor. I forget about who I am. I forget about the fact that I'm also a man of God. I forget about the fact that I can also preach. I forget about the fact that I am anointed. I forget about, I put all of those things. Here I am. I see something that I desire. Elijah said to Elijah, what do you want? He said, I want a double portion of your spirit. And he said, leave me alone because I'm about to go. And he said, as long as you live, and for as long as the Lord lives, I will follow you wherever you go. Why? He wanted the mantle to fall on him. And that is the only way I will not have to ask for permission to access what you carry. It's my determination. It's, I've seen a good ground in you. I'm going to sow into it. I've seen a good ground in you. I'm going to tap into it. I've seen a great anointing you carry. I'm going to tap into it. I desire what you carry. Oh, there are certain moments that there is nothing but run. You will have to seize the opportunity and make sure that you don't miss it. That's why Elijah said to Elijah, if you're asking for a difficult thing, but if you can see me when I go, in other words, don't miss that opportunity. Don't miss that moment. If the window opens and you are here, you will get what you are praying for. You will get what you are asking for. You, you better understand how the spiritual things operate. That's why even when, when, when Jacob realized Esau is carrying something that he does not understand. And if I can carry what he carries. And he said to him, hey, man, how can I, how can I tap into this thing? He said, this one is hungry. He needs soup. He says, ah, I'll, I'll sow a seed in your life of soup. Why? It's not about the soup. I care about what you carry. And he, he said, if I give you the soup, you need to give me, give me the birthright. I would rather lose the soup to get the birthright that you carry. 
Never miss that opportunity in your life. When God creates it for you, take advantage of it. Take advantage of it. There are certain moments that you cannot afford to miss in your life. Hey, Barcelona, let me tell you, these are the things, I'm not teaching you theory. I'm teaching you things that we've been applying and we have seen them work in our lives. And somebody thinks that we are crazy. People think that, oh, they think they are this and that. Oh, Barcelona, we are very intentional. If we have perceived a mental, we will do whatever it takes to tap into it. That's why even when Listen, you know, when, when my own father, just before he passed on, I remember the last moment we had with him, a moment where he laid hands on us. It was because we walked into his bedroom. He, he, as much as he was sick at that particular point in time, but we walked in his bedroom, very intentional. That day we did not even do an EFT. We came with cash. We came with cash. Walked into his bedroom and we, 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 were not, we were not looking at the feeble body. We were looking at the mental that was upon him. Aye. And when we walked in and we said, here is what we have brought. He stood up on his feet and he said, kneel down. Oh, Shia Pakotesuka. He said, kneel down. And he laid hands on us. Spoke a blessing. Let me tell you this. And when things begin to happen, people think it's coincidence. Sometimes I will meet servants of God. I'm in a restaurant. I'm eating. And here's a man of God walks in. He's ordering food. God forbid that he pays for himself while I'm there. God forbid. Oh, Jesus. He carries a mentally. He walks into a restaurant. I am there. It can't be coincidence. It cannot be coincidence. It cannot be coincidence. And even if I can just get a God bless you from him, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Let me tell you. That's why the Bible says the gift will make room for you. It is not just talent, but it is also what you are giving. The gift will make room for you. I remember I followed Bishop Judo Bismai for a very long time in my life, listening his videos, preaching like he preaches, admiring him. And one day I'm sitting at the airport. I was going to drop off my wife. She was flying to Devon. And I, I thought, let me just grab something to eat. That was not my plan. I said, let me just grab something to eat and I can be in at the airport. And while I was eating, the mental walks in and he sits with another man and he's eating. I'm like, oh Jesus, thank you for this opportunity. I called the waiter. I said, no matter what you do, make sure that man does not pay for his bill. I will sit here as long as I have to, to wait for him to finish his meal. When he calls for the bill, bring it here. And after he finished and the waiter took, when he called for the bill, the, the waiter took the bill and he brought it to me. Paid for it. And then the, and the waiter went back to him and said, sir, it's been taken care of. And he insisted, who took care of it? He insisted, who took care of it? He said, he said, no, sir. He said, I must not tell you. He said, no, 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 no. I am a man of God. I need to know who who took care of it before I knew it he stood up he walked my way and when I lifted up my eyes he was standing next to me and he said man of God what's your name I told him my name he laid his hands on me spoke a blessing oh guess what then he says to me what are you doing today and I said to him no I'm not doing anything if a man of God asks me even if I'm doing something I'm not doing anything I'm not doing anything. I've just dropped off my wife here. Kids will sort themselves. I'm not doing anything. And he said, listen, I'm conducting a seminar in Reicher Park, leadership seminar for pastors. You are my guest. Come. When you, when you get at the door, tell them, I invited you. My goodness. My goodness. My goodness. My goodness. You need to understand, Barcelona. Never miss that opportunity in your life. When God creates it for you, take advantage of it. Take advantage of it. You will never know. The lesser is blessed by the creator. Just recognize that this one is greater than me.
This one is greater than me. We get into celebrity mode. You are in a someone, oh look, he's sitting there. God is trying to, you are a singer, aspiring musician. You, you want to be as great as Ntohoso Mbambo. You, you, you see her walk in a restaurant. Just, just a couple of weeks ago, my wife was, was telling me a story of how when she landed at the airport going to Hillcrest, uh, there's another couple of another senior leaders that we normally, because they also have a church in Teban, we normally share, uh, uh, we take the same flight in the morning. And my wife says when she, she went to Woolworths quickly to go get something before going to church and lo and behold, the wife was buying things at, at Woolworths buying things and when she got to the teal, the woman of God was standing in front of her and because we practiced this principle both of us she said it's my opportunity and she quickly stepped in when they were giving her the, the, the cut machine she took out her cut swiped that thing didn't even care how much it was swiped that thing why? just to get a God bless you from somebody higher than you I don't have to have permission I don't have to have permission. Even if you did not know my name, my gift will make room for, will give me audience with you. That's why Jesus said, who touched me? I felt virtual leaving my, who touched me? Manjatina, we reason. We are becoming too much of intellectuals. I know how can the Bakalangat, listen, there's no body on Bakalangam. This is an existing principle from the Bible. It does not matter what you do with it. In fact, let me stop here. Never miss an opportunity to sow. Let's stand on our feet. I remember, I was sharing with them at Pinoni. Years ago, I'm sure you will remember this light tell me. Years ago, we hosted Pastor Mike Todd. We did not know what he was going to become. He was just a youth pastor back then. He came with his bishop. His bishop was the one who was invited. And I called him. I said, so when bishop is going to preach there, what are you going to do? He said, nothing. I said, come to our church. It was an opportunity to sow into his life. He came, preached. We took him out for lunch, entertained him, sowed into his life. Man, it was years ago. Forget about what has just happened even now. A couple of years later, in 2016, I go and attend pastors and leaders conference. In, in Orlando, Florida. Standing there in a service. I was alone. Did not even have enough money. Booked in some cheap hotel. And during the service, you know that thing we do as preachers? Turn to your neighbor and high five your neighbor. Then turn to the one behind you. When I turned behind, it was him. And he also said, hey, you here? Before I knew it, he says to me after the service, where are you sleeping? I said, I'm sleeping in such and such a hotel. He said, no, man. Why are you even sleeping there? America. And I was alone. My wife was not even there. And he says to me, no, man. Go and check out. I'm going to take you to the hotel I'm sleeping in. When I went there, five-star hotel, I took pictures and selfies, sent them to my wife. I was like, look at where I am. She said to me, how? What happened? I shared the story. And further down the line, look at what's happened. Never miss an opportunity to sow seed. As you go, leave a trail of seeds. Sow in the morning. Sow in the evening. It says, because you don't know which one will prosper. Maybe this one or that one or both alike, it says. 
tell yourself, I'm just going to be a consistent sower of seed. As and when opportunity arises, everywhere you go, sometimes we'll go to church services. Man, we'll be looking at a church that is beautiful. You can tell they don't need our small onion, a little offering, but we want to leave a trail of a seed. To say when God is moving in a certain way here, our seed must be watered from here. Because the wave is higher. The anointing is greater. We want to experience the harvest that comes from these grounds. That comes from these grounds. That comes from these grounds. Ah, <laughs> that very same pastors and leaders I attended in Orlando, I remember at the last service, last session, they called for an offering. You know when you go to America, you're like, as long as I'm there, I'm not there to give. Because here yeah, when I give, you multiply whatever you give by, if it's now 2023, by 19. So in other words, if I take out $100, it's $1,900. So when it's time for offering, I'm like, they're not talking to me. I'm not. So last service, Bishop TTJ said, I'm looking for people who are going to give this. I was like, and then I could sense that nudge. I was like, oh, Jesus. I know what's about to happen. And when he called out a certain number, the Holy Spirit said, that's you. And at the back of my mind, I was like, but you are sad to see me. And it says, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to For the first time, sold in dollars sold in dollars sold in dollars so as you go as the rain falls the seed is growing might take a year but it's growing so in the morning so in the evening you'll never know which one will work lift up your hands father we thank you in the name of Jesus. Our hearts are willing. Make us sowers of seeds. Make us sowers of seeds. Help us to understand and have revelation of this precious principle. Help us, O oh God, to be kind to people to lend a helping hand. Help us, O oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ, to be there for those who are in need. Because we know that you are not a son of man to lie. Your word will not return to you void. We know that, O oh God, you will always confirm your word with signs and with wonders. Today, O oh God, we choose to trust you. We, we choose to trust you. To take you up on your word. Knowing that you will do what you have promised. You said you give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. We know that when we are sowing seed, we are not wasting, we are not risking the bread, but we know that you will provide as you have promised. Father, we are grateful in the name of Jesus Christ. We are thankful that we are going to see you move in our lives in a mighty way. We thank you that even in this church, O oh God, it shall be a season of harvest upon harvest. It shall be a season of harvest upon harvest. Harvest upon harvest. We are going to see your word, O oh Master, being fulfilled. That indeed your word is true. In the name of Jesus Christ. Help us, O oh God, not to be weary in well-doing. 
Help us, O God, not to grow tired as we continuously sow seed because we know that in due season we are going to reap. Just take a few seconds and pray for yourselves. Just ask God to just even the seeds that you have already sown, just pray that God will move and and just facilitate a harvest for you even in this season that anything that is due anything that is owed to you that it will be released your way shande rose toke la basamba ramaya mare de besombre menderidi bikupra ke taso jezo de baya hi there this is jacob msipa the senior pastor of builders church I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today and I trust that it will bless and build your spirit enjoy the message and God bless you